On today's episode, I'm interviewing Michelle Hoover, a blogger who wants to talk all about how you can powerfully heal from Hashimoto's. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. Today, I am joined by the most lovely Michelle Hoover. We're going to talk about healing Hashimoto's. And to tell you really quickly before I let Michelle introduce herself more in depth, um, I'll tell you a little bit more about herself. Her. <laughs> tell you more about herself. See, Michelle, this is one of those moments where if I did edit my podcast, I probably would have edited that part out. <laughs> Oh, anyways, I just told her that unedited, I feel like it's just more fun. Okay, so more about Michelle. After living the first 17 years of her life feeling chronically unwell, Michelle Hoover was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune disease that attacks the thyroid and affects weight, energy, mood, hormones, and pretty much just about everything else you can think of. She spent her early college years medicated and in a fog until she discovered the autoimmune gut connection, and everything changed after that point. After her diet change, lifestyle, and targeting her gut health, she lives a drastically different life free of debilitating Hashimoto's and digestive symptoms. Michelle works one-on-one one as a nutritional therapy practitioner, an NTP, and blogs about gut healing, living with Hashimoto's, and autoimmune-friendly paleo recipes at her blog, unboundwellness.com. This January, she's releasing the 30-day gut healing diet plan and guide, which is designed to lead you on your own gut healing journey, just like she did to address her Hashimoto's. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you so much, Kathy. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. When Michelle emailed me um, and told me a little bit about herself, I really, I really felt compelled to invite her immediately onto the show because we've never, or have not ever, in the last 80 plus episodes, covered Hashimoto specifically. And I know that it is probably one of the most prevalent autoimmune diseases afflicting more folks than any other. And I really wanted to bring you on because you have such a beautiful success story. You've got such a really good head on your shoulders and perspective. Um, and I just wanted you to, I wanted folks to be able to hear from you firsthand how how you've really confronted things um, head first. But yeah, welcome to the show. Is there anything that I missed in your bio that you'd like to share in additional? In addition think, to that? <laughs> <laughs> I think those are the things. If you hear any like tiny pony galloping in the background it's my cat stinky so cat stinky I was really hoping you were gonna say if you hear any tiny pony galloping it's my tiny pony <laughs> he sounds like a tiny pony he like gallops it's weird so if you hear that it's my cat oh stinky that's so cute if you hear um a Clydesdale galloping it's my dog Gus <laughs> The opposite of Tiny Pony. He's a big pony. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is great. Um, I'm really excited to chat with you. So can you share a little bit more about you were diagnosed at 17 Yeah. with Hashimoto's. You know, what was that process like? What was the diagnosis process like? Because there's also probably some folks listening. Maybe they don't have a diagnosis, but they're kind of suspect 
that oh, yes. something's so going on. Um, you know, what, what was that entire journey like when you finally went into the doctor, got your diagnosis, and then you were prescribed medications to help manage um, before you really started to turn to diet? Yeah, it took a really long time to get to that point from where I was showing symptoms to when I was finally diagnosed. You know, like you said in my bio, I was a chronically unwell little kid that I always like to say that, you know, this started at 17, but it really started way before that, that I was constantly, when I was a baby, I had an ear infection like every single month. And then I had strep throat and then I had sinus infections. I was always having some sort of illness. And eventually, um, my first sign of Hashimoto's, I remember super vividly, I was sitting on the couch with my dad just watching a movie, like not an exciting movie at all, nothing to get you like worked up. And I just feel like my heart just like hammers for like 10 seconds and then it slows down. And I had been chronically unwell, but I had never felt anything like that before. And I was like, whoa, dad, like my heart just started beating really fast. Like what, what just happened? I was worried. And he was like, oh, it's a heart palpitation. Like, you know, that just kind of happens. It's, it shouldn't really be a big deal as long as it doesn't happen again. I'm like, okay. So it happened again and again, and it kept happening. And I started feeling these like almost fainting spells when I was doing things like just walking around, standing, not really exerting a lot of energy. And, you know, um, my parents started to get a lot more alert about it. And then it really just came to a head. I was standing as, um, at my job as a cashier and I'm 16 at this point and it's after school and I'm just standing, checking somebody out and I just like fall over and pass out. Mm. And it's like, okay, this is really, um, like serious now. This needs to be a thing that we address. So mm -hmm. I went to just my, you know, at that time I was still seeing a pediatrician. I was like 16 and um, they ran, you know, my weight, they did all the stuff, all the things, all the normal stuff. And um, my their thyroid problems run in my family. So we brought that up and they're like, no, we don't think so. You probably just drink too many energy drinks. It's like, actually, I never said I drink energy drinks. I'm like, okay, well, too much coffee. I'm like, I don't drink coffee. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're fine. Mm. So they just really just brushed me off. And I went home and I just got worse and worse that I was presenting um, in the beginning as hyperthyroid, which is not typical with Hashimoto's. Usually you're pre presented hypo. And I kind of spent my whole life in that state. So I was presenting hyper. I got started getting the really extreme the other way. And the doctor wrote me off. She did initial blood work on my thyroid, which we'll talk about mm -hmm. in a minute, you know, like the blood work that you should be asking for. She did the initial blood work, didn't find anything. And I started going to all these specialists and, um, it was like once a week during school, I was out like, well, we're off to another specialist now. Now we're at the cardiologist. Now we're at the chiropractor. And nobody had any answers. Everybody was just rolling their eyes like, please, you have a thyroid problem. Please ask them to check again. And they did. Finally, my TSH showed something that indicated there was a thyroid problem. And this is like six months later, you know, I had lost a ton of weight. I um, had just gotten worse and worse. And eventually I get to an endocrinologist and he ran the entire panel and he was like, oh yeah, you definitely have Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. And what really stuck with me when he told me that I have Hashimoto's is that 
my pediatrician at the time told me there's no way you have a thyroid problem that's only reserved for women who are older you're a teenager you wouldn't have that that's why they were so adamant that I didn't have it and I went to this pediatrician and he said you have Hashimoto's and you were the third girl from your high school to come in this week and get this diagnosis oh my goodness which is like isn't that insane mm-hmm. like high school girls that's amazing that I know I know my goodness. So what um, What was his uh, prescription after that point, or what was his recommendation on how to treat it? Yeah, well, at that point, I was just put on a normal um, just thyroid medication. At the time, I believe it was levothyroxine, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure it was a little bit of a higher dose. It's a you know similar to Synthroid, what they usually put people on with thyroid medication. Mm-hmm. And all I was told was, you know, it's an autoimmune disease. It's attacking your thyroid, so we treat the thyroid. And that was it. And I just kind of went along like that. And I remember I started taking the levothyroxine, and all of a sudden my hair starts falling out and I started just getting like really sad and depressed feeling. And Mm. I was like, maybe this is worse, you know? Oh my goodness. So I went like that. Um, I think they eventually switched me to Synthroid, which is another really common thyroid medication when I was, um, you know, later in college. And my college experience is totally similar to yours, Cassie. Mm-hmm. How you talk about, you know, driving from a college station to San Antonio, like, and having to pull over and sleep. I was totally the same way that yeah. I was taking these medications that were treating my thyroid hormone, but not treating the process of autoimmunity that was going on in my body. So I'm taking you to this thyroid hormone corrector and my thyroid hormone really wasn't even that wonky. It was my autoimmunity and antibodies that were wonky, but I wasn't taking anything, you know, I wasn't doing anything to correct that. So I was like a junior in college and I was sleeping like 18 hours a day. I was pretty much only awake um, to go to class and do homework. Like that was it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember one experience where, you know, I was, your thyroid throws off your weight and I was gaining weight and um, I was in the gym. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have energy and I'm going to do this. And I was just sitting on like a little workout machine on like really low um, weights and just trying to push it. And I was just so exhausted and I couldn't, and I was just like wanting to sit there and cry. Like, what is wrong with me? Like I'm doing what they tell me and it's just not getting any better. I have no energy. Oh my gosh. I totally know what you mean. I'm sure there are people listening right now that are all nodding their heads. Yeah. That's a really helpless sort of feeling. So when did you, what happened when you decided to look at things from a, from a lifestyle gut healing perspective? Yeah. So I had always leaned towards nutrition. I had, you know, taken, um, dietetics classes in college. And I think the first inkling that I had about being gluten-free first, because that's the first step that people usually take in Hashimoto's, Mm -hmm. um, being gluten-free because, um, the, Molecules in gluten are very similar to the molecules in your thyroid. So your body is attacking your thyroid, and then it sees gluten, which looks similar to your thyroid, and it starts attacking that. Mm -hmm. So the first inkling I kind of got of that is I was in a dietetics class in college, 
And I think I saw something about celiac disease and gluten. And I saw like, this is an autoimmune disease. I was like, oh, that's what I have. Like, maybe that's Mm. somewhat connected. So this is a long time ago at this point. This is like, like seven years ago. So this wasn't as big of a thing yet. This is like just about when you started to be able to go to sprouts and there was a gluten-free section, (laughs) but it was not like gluten-free everything. Cheerios. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. No, it was not like that yet. Um, so, and I figured that out and I started just gluten free and, but I was still eating. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to eat. I was a terrible eater. I was just like sandwiches every day. Um, the most vet, like quote unquote vegetables I would get would be like tomatoes and ketchup. And that like makes me want to just like die, even like equating those to vegetables right now. We're we're such birds of a feather, Michelle. That (laughs) was totally the same. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. But so, so I just saw gluten and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take out gluten and go gluten free. So Mm -hmm. no more pasta, but gluten free pasta. So then all of a sudden every day, you know, three meals a day, I'm just eating some sort of processed gluten-free thing, Mm -hmm. which in moderation, like, you know, I just had gluten-free rice pasta, you know, four weeks ago and like it was fine and I didn't really even want it as much as I want zoodles now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in moderation, like those things are maybe okay, but I was having it constantly and I was not healing and eventually we had somebody who I was in this state where I was just like crying in the gym, sleeping 18 hours a day. And I told my mom, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to see somebody. There has to be something else. I'm trying this gluten-free thing. It's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wasn't keyed into this, you know, paleo gut healing thing yet. So I was like, I need somebody. And we had a friend who told us like, Hey, there's this, there's this doctor who I think can help you. And I went to this, um, this was my first doctor that I had ever seen that told me like, wow, yeah, you're definitely dealing with leaky gut. I got a, um, a food intolerance, like IgG test, which in retrospect, I have very mixed reviews on because I had gotten it a couple times back then and looking at it, like there were a lot of things that came up as positive that I could eat that I know really don't work for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a yes and no with the IgG test. But at that point, it was really necessary for me to just be told like, yes, you have like 50 foods that you're reacting to. Like you have like rashes all over your face. You are like falling over exhausted. Like you have gut issues. Mm-hmm. So that was the really like number one step where I was like, oh, whoa, I think I need to explore this whole world. Yeah, that's great. That's really fascinating. Um, you know, and something that's important to point out that I'm sure you found, of course, following your own journey and then working with your clients is, um, once we heal our gut, so many of us, those food intolerances and what we react to that list can decrease. Oh, totally. Um, we just, it's kind of like we have to pull out the aggravator, allow ourselves to heal, and then we can tolerate a little more of it. Just like you said, you had the brown, the gluten-free rice pasta not too long ago. Um, I like to tell folks that our bodies are incredibly resilient already. Once we heal, we're able to tolerate indulgences. It's kind of like the way that the Fed and Fit project is set up is I want folks to get to that squeaky clean reset, you know, but that's, it's really just the point of it is is to heal the gut 
um, and to de-inflame and deactivate our bodies so that then we can tolerate those indulgences every once in a while. Um, but yeah, exactly. that, that, that test is really, really fascinating. I've actually never done it. I have not taken it myself. Um, I, cause I'm a slow learner and I, <laughs> I went the really long, uh, route, but I think that's really, I think it, I think it can be an important tool for folks who just want some answers. Exactly. And it depends like what point you're at in mm -hmm. your journey and like how educated you already are. For me, I wasn't educated on it at all that I didn't even know that leaky gut and autoimmunity was a thing. I had to be told that I had it and then I made the connection. Yeah. But now it's way more, um, you know, just popularized that autoimmunity, uh, one of the things to turn autoimmunity on where your immune system starts attacking um, one of your organs or systems as if it were a foreign invader, one of the things that really turns it on is a leaky gut. Mm -hmm. So basically what's happening with, and it's hard to say the word leaky gut and not kind of roll your eyes and think, think it sounds kind of weird. Mm -hmm. It, sounds, it just, sounds hokey. You're right. I mean, yeah, it's intestinal yeah. permeability for folks exactly. who would prefer a different phrase. <laughs> exactly. Increased intestinal permeability. So mm -hmm. what's happening is our intestines are you know, permeable. Our skin is per permeable. We have pores in our skin. And um, so we're eating food. For me, I was eating lots of ketchup and French fries. <laughs> and I was already stressed. I was already tired. I'm eating this food that is not good for me. And, you know, I'm not chewing it. I'm driving. It's terrible food. And so this food is hitting my stomach. And there's a book, I believe it's called The Seven Day Detox Diet Miracle, which also sounds, it's a, it's a good book, I promise. But um, it's got really good information in it. I read it for my NTA program, but it has a quote in there that says, the lining of your intestines is no thicker than your eyelid. Mm. Isn't that crazy? That is. That's a, that's a really good perspective. Isn't it? So like you think that you're going to wherever and you're eating like, you know, a burger and fries and you're not chewing it and your stomach isn't breaking it down. You have low stomach acid. You don't have a lot of enzymes. You're stressed out. You know, whatever reason, there's a huge list of reasons. And this food is hitting your gut and it's really thin lining and mm. food is starting to leak through your intestines and your gut itself is your host to your immune system. You know, 80 to 90% of your immune system is located in your gut you know, all of those stints that I was having as a kid where I had all of these infections started to make sense all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And like, oh my gut, you know, my immune system has kind of always been hit by all this stuff that I've been doing. And eventually it just came to a head mm -hmm. where the food that you're eating is, particles of the food are leaking into your bloodstream, into your body. And your immune system starts to attack it as foreign invaders like this like, girl, this ketchup does not, like, belong to your blood. Like, get that back in there. What is happening? So I was eating lots of gluten, lots of bad stuff. And, you know, a lot of us do. And a lot of us are, even when we eat good food, we're eating in stress states. We're not breaking our food down. Or we just naturally don't have enough enzymes. Our enzymes wear down as we get older. We don't have enough stomach acid. There are so many things that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. And then it just compounds and gets worse and worse. And at the time, I didn't understand that. But now I do. And it just totally changed everything for me. 
That's awesome. Yeah, it really is fascinating. I tend to think of foods and leaky gut or intestinal permeability as there are um, really aggressive almost bulldozers in our sweet little eyelid <laughs> thick uh, <laughs> gut. You know, they come in and they really do actual physical damage. Oh, yeah. Um, and damage over time, right, it's not like one meal. That if, unless you have, for example, uh, like, an, like a, you're an autoimmune flare, for example, you have an autoimmune disease. Um, that being the exception, you can, you can, folks can endure, like I can probably go out eat, order a meatloaf, maybe it's got breadcrumbs in it and I'll be fine. Um, yes, I'm eating damaging particles that are going to cause some damage, but it's just a one-off. Now, in a standard mm -hmm. American diet, when we eat those things over and over again is when we really chip away at this precious protective lining. And just to your point, then we allow all the food particles in. And then sensitivity to all those things which should not be in our body without having been absorbed properly through the digestive process, those things come in as large invaders and that's where we develop those sensitivities to random foods like beef, exactly. you know, so many people oh, yeah. or whatever. So um, yeah, that's interesting. And so it's once you heal, you find that those less aggravating foods um, become just fine. And yeah, it's, it's just all very fascinating. So after you got that IgG test, did you then eliminate all of the, um, the inflammatory foods? I did. So I did it kind of backwards. So mm -hmm. I'm 20 at this point and I get this test and it's like, um, you know, you have these 40 food intolerances and uh, cut them out for 60 days, 60 or 90 days, and then we'll reintroduce them. Mm -hmm. So some of those foods that came up were, you know, grains, nightshades, but some things that were on there were still on there were, you know, some grains, some dairy, and I still was just not really keyed in with quality. Yeah. So I was still being like, oh, rice and milk are on here. So I'm just going to go out and get, you know, sugary rice cereal and drink it with low fat conventional milk. So I <laughs> yeah. did that when I was 20. And, you know, that made me feel better just because it made me feel better in, you know, just some capacity that I was getting out the really inflammatory foods, mm -hmm. but it didn't actually heal anything. And I didn't really thrive with that. And then, you know, several months later, I was just back in the same place. And I had kind of went up and down with that. And I think it was probably when I was around 24 or 25 and I was just on Pinterest. And I knew at that point I was like, okay, nightshades are something that I can't reintroduce. And I was just looking for like, okay, I can't have eggs. I can't have grains. I can't have nightshades. And then I was introduced to the autoimmune protocol. And I was like, oh, these are like all of the things that I can't have. Mm -hmm. And like, this is the person that I am. And you know, that really introduced me into this world of, you know, nutrient density, and not necessarily what you don't eat, but what you do eat. And, you know, when I, I was probably 23 at that time, so that was about two years ago or so. And then that's when I was really thrown into, um, like, okay, even though my IgG tests say that I can have dairy, I'm going to cut it out for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, I could probably get away with eating sugar, I'm going to cut it out. And I'm going to eat, you know, really nutrient dense foods like liver and bone broth. And, um, you know, I also went through the NTA program. So I worked really hard on um, my digestion and my blood sugar and, you know, I'm talking 
just a ton about, and we talk a ton just about, um, you know, the gut and autoimmune disease begins in the gut, but there's really so much more than that. And there's so much that I, um, did to really help with that, that the gut was the number one, but I would say like, if I'm talking top three mm-hmm. things that have really kind of helped anchor me in and what I try to help other people and inspire other people on my blog to anchor them in with is that number one was just, you know, really adding in the nutrient density, really focusing on the gut healing digestion. Mm-hmm. And then I would say number two, which kind of goes in with number one, but for me, it didn't, which was blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just one of these people that I heard blood sugar forever. And I was like, well, I don't have diabetes. Why do I have to worry about my blood sugar? But you do. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> we need to pay attention to when people say blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and your blood sugar, um, even when I was eating, you know, quote unquote AIP and, um, you know, avoiding a lot of these foods, I was still just really, really, really carb heavy mm-hmm. and kind of low fat. So when you're just eating even good quality carbs, if you're not balancing it well and you've spent, you know, all of these years basically being insulin resistant, if you're just not balancing your diet right, Mm -hmm. um, it's just not going to serve you well. And it's definitely not going to help your gut heal. It's definitely not going to help your thyroid stuff because all of that blood sugar is so deeply tied in with um, our endocrine system. And then just, I would say number three for me would be just like mindset and outlook on the whole thing mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I can sit here and say like, yeah, I'm, I have so much more energy. I feel so much better, but I would totally be lying to you if I said that I was a hundred percent perfect and my health was perfect because yeah. it's totally not. And, um, I still, you know, this is a lifelong journey and I do this every day and I still don't eat bread, I still, if I were to eat gluten, I would get really sick. Mm-hmm. So it's having that mindset that um, when things are going to be thrown at you, that you can bounce back from it. And for me, a really big thing for me has just been my faith in God and trusting him that, you know, even before all of this happened, that um, and before I started getting into AIP and all of that, that, you know, I've just been healed by my faith and I've been able to, um, you know, hold on to that. And, um, it's the thing, it's that mindset and that faith that there is, you know, just so much more than this to where when I'm at a party and I'm watching everybody drink beer and eat pizza and I'm like sitting there like nibbling on an Epic bar on the back, (laughs) (laughs) it's that faith and that mindset of being like, okay, is this really like the end of the world that I cannot eat this food right now? Or is this a really positive thing that Mm -hmm. this autoimmune disease, maybe, you know, part of it happened for me that right now I'm able to help so many more people and I'm able to, you know, um, work with other people who have the same thing, you know, having that mindset to really just handle the things that are being thrown at you and the faith that, you know, this is all for some greater purpose and it's a bigger reason Um, I would say that those are kind of my top three. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. I want to applaud you. I love it so much. I do believe that we are given exactly what we can handle. 
Um, and, and I too, when I look back on my struggles with health, um, as, as helpless as I felt then, I really, really did feel helpless. It was a really dark, ugly place. And I don't talk about that a whole bunch because it's so much fun to live in the shiny, bright, you know, new now. (laughs) And you Um, are so shiny. (laughs) Oh, you're so kind. (laughs) Um, But it is, you know, I, it was a really dark, ugly place and, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for that experience and I'm thankful for those struggles because um, because it has allowed me one of the greatest joys in life, and that is to share my story um, and the fact that it helps. It, it feels. Have you ever heard the analogy of the starfish? No, but tell them? me, it sounds adorable. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> precious. It's precious. It was um, one of my favorite college advisors. I've actually talked about him recently on a recent episode, uh, Dr. Joe Townsend. Um, he. It's funny. I wow, he's come up a lot. I really maybe I should write him an email. I've been thinking of him, um, but he told me this analogy once upon a time about um, what it means to help people and how do you stay motivated. And he said he told me the story of let's say let's say it's a real story. Let's just pretend it may be where there was a storm coming in, and there was this little boy who lived on the beach. And they were on their way back from a walk on the beach. He was there with his mom. And these, this storm was coming in. And all of a sudden, there was these big waves. And these uh, starfish started getting washed up on the beach. And there were hundreds of them, just starfish everywhere. And they really shouldn't be out of water. And so he was picking them up. And he was throwing them back into the ocean as furiously as he could. And trying to get to as many as he could. And his mom said, honey, what are you doing? You're never going to be able to help them all. And he picked one up and threw it into the ocean. And he was like, well, I helped that one. Mm. And it's just like, and that is really, that's why I would never change those awful dark days for anything in the world because of the the one or two people. It may be more than that, but it feels when someone writes you a note, and I'm sure you've gone through this with your practice um, and working with clients, but that makes it all worth it. It really, oh my really gosh, does yes. to know that you've helped somebody. So I totally get what you mean, being thankful. Um, and that mindset really does go a long way in healing. Again, to your point, um, I think that being thankful for our circumstances, even though they're not necessarily desirable, and this is actually what I talked about on uh, last week's, or excuse me, a show in late December. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. we're recording yeah. this in late December. Um, I loved it. Yeah, but I mean, that goes with it. I think that being thankful um, is healing in and of itself. So really props to you. And I think that's really, I, I think it's really encouraging, not just, not just that you've started this great blog, you're sharing your story um, specifically about Hashimoto's autoimmune at large, but Hashimoto specifically because there's it's I feel like it's one of the most in addition to being one of the most prevalent autoimmune diseases out there, I think it's also one of the most undiagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the one that's probably folks think is really easy to just treat with medication. Um, but there's a whole world of possibility available when it comes to healing for folks who are willing to approach it from a diet and exercise mindset, holistic 
perspective. Um, mm -hmm. So I really support what you're doing. And I want to tell folks about your ebook. You just came out with this fabulous new ebook with a 30 day yeah. gut healing program. So tell folks about it. I know this is a way, it sounds like you and I walk very similar paths in a lot of perspectives, but I too got to the point where I'm working with folks one-on-one -on -one and I'm like, gosh, we just need to share this with more folks. Um, totally. And that's when I, that's when I first launched the project online. So tell folks about your ebook, um, the purpose behind it and how they can find it. Yeah. So, um, first you can go to my website onboundwellness.com slash gut healing book. And I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere, show notes, blog somewhere. But, um, so I wrote this book, um, it's called the 30 day gut healing diet plan and guide. And I wrote this book really just kind of for me and all the people like me, you know, five years ago that are heading into this gut healing journey or they need kind of like just a little bit more support on it. And when you look at this huge world and you need to eat this, you need to eat that, you need to eat a really nutrient dense diet, maybe you could have SIBO, maybe there's dysbiosis, maybe there's enzyme deficiency, and there's just all this confusing stuff. And I really just wanted to break it down into a really simple guide. And um, one thing that I struggled with in the beginning was I knew what to eat. Like I was given a food list of what I can and could not eat. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't know how to really put that into practice. Like people were telling me, eat a nutrient dense diet. And I really didn't know what that looked like. Mm -hmm. So with this book, I went through and I gave you those food lists. And um, I talk about, you know, dysbiosis and stress and all these other things that can mess up your gut and all the other factors that you should be working with a practitioner for mm -hmm. to kind of help heal you further. But I also have, um, it's four weeks in total. So it's 30 days of shopping lists and then prep guides to help you. Cause I'm like a big meal prepper. That's like one of my big things that I'm a really busy human being. So I do not have time in the kitchen every day. <laughs> so it's like, uh, just a prep guide to teach you how to prep everything in just two rounds and then meal plans for the 30 days with pictures of every single day to make it easier to follow along. And then there are recipes, some uh, information about reintroducing foods. And yeah, so that launched on January 1st. And I have a giveaway going on right now that if you snag into the first 12 days, you're automatically entered in a giveaway for a bunch of bone broth, of course. Yes. <laughs> and paraphernalia, because there's tons of broth in the book. So but yeah, that's the book. And that's kind of the, you know, the approach that I took holistically mm -hmm. to, um, really heal my Hashimoto's and get all that stuff back on track. I love it. Well, I love what you're up to. I love your mission. Um, and yes, like she said, you, if you're listening and you're driving, don't worry. I will provide links to all of, I will provide a link to her ebook and to her awesome blog in the show notes. You'll be able to see that. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story. Thank you, Cassie. I'm so honored to be here. Oh my goodness, the honor is truly mine, truly. Um, remember, you can always find full transcripts of the show. And if you like what you're listening to uh, in 2017 and you have not done it already, head to iTunes and leave Fed and Fit Podcast 
a review. Um, you can go ahead and give it a star rating to your liking. And if you ever want to engage in more questions and comments on the show, a great place to do that would be on the blog at the show notes page. So head to my website, fedandfit.com, pull up the show notes where you can find a graphic for the show, all the links, the full transcript, and scroll down to the comments if you have more questions. Um, If you have any specific questions for Michelle, leave them there and I'll make sure she gets them. (laughs) So thanks again for joining me on the show, Michelle. And everybody, we will be back again next week.